This episode is brought to you by Joe's Pizza Shop. You looking for a nice treat to share with a loved one or a group of friends? Order the seasonally correct S'mores Pizza. That's right, S'mores Pizza from Joe's Pizza Shop to get cozy around the fireplace or battle it out during board game night over the Risk Battlefield. Regardless of outing, Joe's Pizza Shop can be your supplier. Head on over to their new location in Orleans at 8154 Jeanne d'Arc Boulevard to satisfy your hunger. Now enjoy the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. Hope you enjoyed listening to us um, give our breakdown of a workout situation and uh, the pros and cons of the at-home workouts and the in-gym workouts, proper workout protocol, all that. Hope you learned some tricks uh, that could help you out there and uh, maybe get back in the workout game. Personally, I've gotten back into a little more feeling great. So now for episode 130 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So what's up the people? What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. I'm excited tonight, Eric. We're going to be talking about our favorite sport. It's going to be a laid-back episode. I don't know how hot and heavy it's going to get, like how intense, I should say, it's going to get. But why don't you tell the listeners what we're going to be discussing tonight? Yeah, you never know. When you get us talking about the Sens, things get heated pretty quickly, <laughs> then sprinkle in the Leafs in there, and then it just takes us over the top. So yeah, for this episode, we're going to be doing our pretty much annual uh, NHL episode. Sometimes we do two of these. Uh, the last one we did was actually, funnily enough, a year ago to the day that this is going to drop. So just, you know, there's something uh, clicked in our minds, like, let's do a hockey episode. So here we are, kind of go over like where, what we've seen so far this season, predictions and playoffs, Stanley Cup, all that. So uh, I think a classic spot that we always start off with in these kind of conversations are the ever-polarizing Ottawa Senators. There's so many avenues we could go down here. Some of you listeners would recall that I actually had a blog this year, the Senator's Sermon, where I Mm -hmm. diligently blogged before games, after games, just chronicling the um, tales of the Sens this season. And I've abandoned that venture for the last month and a half because it was (laughs) it was taxing, I have to say, every day, like thinking of something to talk about for this team which like there's no no shortage of entertainment with them but it was just getting to be a lot yeah. because this wasn't really the season we were expecting coming into it so Matt all that being said what are your kind of thoughts on the Sens coming into this year based on expectations and what we've seen you've seen this year well like many of us Sens fans we were expecting them to do a little better than last year and I feel like we haven't been well I'll I'll set up, I'll explain myself after, but like I feel like we have, we're not in an upward trajectory. Every game before Jacques Martin become became our head coach has been wasted and the exact same as last year. And only now with a coaching change are we seeing small small little improvements in our Ottawa Senators. But for me, the sense I've been frustrating to watch all year. This year, I've been watching the most amount of hockey in the last five years. I watch every game. I have all the apps and stuff. Like I don't miss anything. And they've been frustrating to watch. But the like I said, the last 15 or so games showing signs of getting better and more tight play and more disciplined play. And when I say more discipline, that's because like we had no zero discipline. So it's still like a lot needs to be improved, Eric. That's that's the takeaway here. A lot still needs to be improved with the Ottawa Senators. They're just a little more fun to watch in the last month or so on TV. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. Honestly, come into the year, I thought... We were so close on playoffs last year. 
and we had some momentum at the end of the year. Not the first time that's happened, too. I feel like the last few years we finished strong and then hope that it carries over the next year. Our guys are a little older now. There are young stars emerging in the league like Stutzla, Kachuk, uh, Sanderson showing a promising rookie year. It's tough for all of them to take steps for up, to be honest there, and it's a bit unrealistic to expect that they all will. But I liked our team. Yeah. Honestly, I, I thought we had the makeup of a team that's fighting for the playoffs. I don't think I was penciling us in for a lock in the playoffs. Definitely not, but I thought we'd be in the mix. And uh, I don't know where we are exactly to the day that we're recording. I think we're in like 26th place right now. So not at all what I was hoping and expecting of our mm-hmm. sends this year. Like there was a point where the thing to do was kind of just pray, cheer for the tank so that we'd get mm-hmm. a high draft pick. But I, I don't really like that, honestly. I don't know if an, another prospect is the answer at this point because by the time that player is up to speed on where all of our other core guys are now, Maybe we're, again, just not competitive anymore. I don't know how that's going to look. But yeah, disappointing. And like you said, it has been encouraging now to finally see some progress under Jacques Martin. And it makes you wonder, like, where might we have been had this coaching change happened earlier in the year, right? Like, we wasted a lot of time holding on to DJ. And I was kind of one of the, I want to say, people who wasn't necessarily harping for Smith to be fired from day one. I was like, ah... Maybe we give him a chance and uh, see if he can turn a corner. And he really didn't. We held on too long, and it's kind of cost us at this point. You said a lot of good things there, Eric. I was going to bring that up if you weren't the hanging on to DJ too long. I think we did. Like, we should have had a coaching change sooner. Jacques Martin is not going to fix our team this season. There's not enough time left. And in the last four or five years, it seems like the Sens are, are never in the very, very bottom and never in a playoff contention, like fighting for a playoff spot. We're in that weird bubble range of 26 spot, 25, 24, which is very frustrating to watch and to not like see uh, see us like get better. Like we haven't made the playoffs in seven years now, I think. And I mean, we're ready. I mean, this was, you know, like 20 years ago, we were teasing Leaf fans because we were always in the playoffs and they were always out of the playoffs. And now, like, you know, karma gets us. Do you want to just, uh, I'm thinking we talk about, like, the forwards, then the Ds, then the goalie, maybe, yeah. like, keep so we can kiss the forwards. I'm, like, my biggest surprise this year is that, like, our, our uh, well, right now, actually, my biggest surprise is the Pinto forming, no, Pinto, Ridley, Greg, and... Tarasenko line is on fire right now so as of recording guys it's February 22nd right now there's no trade deadline happening like there's no trade big trades yet with the sense so we're still have Chikorin and Tarasenko but yeah that line's been booming the Stutzla, Giroux and um, Matt Joseph line's been booming and a little disappointed in Josh Norris this year that's what I'm going to talk about right now Josh Norris soft as <laughs> soft as ice you know like he's or well, I don't know soft as snow I don't know how to Soft as soft, the yeah. So, the ice on the canal Brutal. was pretty soft a couple of nights ago. So, soft as the ice outside my house right now because it's a big puddle. <laughs> and Batherson's streaky but not where he needs to be. And Kachuk, Kachuk's very consistent, hard to play against. Every team would love to have him on his team, on their team. But, like, he's not gelling with it. Like, him and his line isn't doing as much as the other ones. Um, offensively, I think it's the least, least, like, problems that we have because we score. We do score every game. We don't have a problem putting the puck in the net. Um, I think our problems more lie with the D and the goalie core. Uh, what are your thoughts on our forwards, Eric? Yeah. Do, would you like to see... Imp- yeah, go ahead. So, 
It's true. Like it also just to add to what we were talking about before, it makes you think, honestly, it's crazy to say, where might we be if we had had Pinto this whole year, right? It's crazy right? expectations and kind of were over like, um, like mythol- mythologizing how good Pinto is. <laughs> like, oh, if we had Pinto, <laughs> yeah. we'd be in a playoff spot. But it's crazy to see the impact this guy has when he's actually in our lineup. And not only that, when he gets yeah. a point, our record is just off the charts. It's unreal. But yes, yeah, so it's I true. love that yeah. line. Pinto, Greg, Tarasenko. They've moved them around as required just to get that other line going like you're talking about. For me, Norris and Batherson have been kind of disappointing overall. Like I'll loop Batherson mm-hmm. in there too where he has been really streaky for the last few years, honestly. But I love overall the skill set, size. His shot is great. He's very good. He's just so streaky. It's frustrating to watch. And Norris right now, like you asked me three years ago, I'm hyped up that we signed him for eight years, right under 8 million, 30 goal guy every year. But he's been a shell of him, of his former self. And I don't know what his, um, his upside is going forward. Honestly, what we can expect from him. Ideally, you can get 20 goals and he can be like a somewhat defensively reliable center too. But I feel like Pinto can be that as well. Plus he's a right-handed shot. So is it time also to look at moving some of these guys up front? Because I agree with you. I actually overall love our forward core. We have a lot of guys who can mm-hmm. score, who are versatile. Tarasenko, I think, has been a great addition. If we're in a playoff push, everyone's praising Tarasenko on our team. Like He's produced right under a point a game all year. It's a, I'd be hard-pressed personally to criticize what he's brought to the table. I'm sure others could nitpick on different <laughs> points of what he's brought to the table. Uh, but that, that ain't me. You know, I'm a fan of what he's given us this year. And yeah, Brady, he can have the off game here and there, but overall, like, I don't have any complaints about Brady. He gets points, fires the boys up, leads by example. Yeah. We've said it before, like in the playoffs, this guy's going to drag us through the mud. Timmy too, though, kind of falls under streaky, inconsistent, sometimes bad body language when things aren't going his way. Yeah. But then he can score a goal of the year like he did a few nights ago against Florida, tie it up, and got us a point essentially against them. He, yeah. He's a game-breaker. So he's still so young. Uh, upside is insane. Like I bet on him to score 100 points this year. That's not going to happen. But I think he's 100% going to score 100 points at some point in the league. Like that, that is just inevitable in my mind. So yeah, forwards, not many complaints like... Maybe our like honestly, the biggest complaint would be Kubalik for me. He's been horrendous. Mm. Like honestly, mm-hmm. brings nothing to the table. And there's talks of him getting yeah. traded at the deadline. We're lucky if we're getting a fifth round pick <laughs> for this guy. Like that's optimistic. <laughs> the phone ain't yeah. ringing for this guy. Anyways, so that's kind of my breakdown of the forwards. I, I agree with you. Don't okay. think that's the issue. Maybe further down the lineup where we're getting into defense. And goaltending too. So, do you want to give your opening thoughts on like defense, where you see that shaken down? Yeah, absolutely. And just want to say that I agree with you on Tarasenko, Eric. Watching him the last like ten or so games, he has been. He makes. He's an impact. He's a big body. He has an impact. He adds depth, huge depth, and which is why the phone people will not be calling for Kubalik, but people will be calling for Tarasenko because the guy would be great on a third line for a playoff push, even a second line, right? So. Uh, I agree with you, Eric. He has been playing well this year. Um, defenseman. Sanderson's been great for us. Sanderson and Zub, very solid. Now, S- Sanderson came back from an injury. Didn't look 
doesn't look 100% himself, but still playing decently. Like, his first three steps are unreal. Like, he can get by somebody with just that and use his speed like Carlson used to do. Maybe he needs to improve his, like, puck-making decisions sometimes. Like, he'll make a, do a rush, but then, like, he can't quite finish. But, I mean, that's, like, only players like Makar and Hughes and those elite defensemen can, like, make something out of them. Sanderson, for right now, like, he's in a... He's where we need him to be. We're paying him paying him big bucks, and he's performing. Same cannot be said for Shabbat. I mean, Shabbat, kind of like Dion Faneuf, like peaked when he was a rookie in his first couple years and has gone slowly downhill since then. But that's slowly downhill. Like, he was at a peak level. Like, he had a season with a ton of points, I remember. Right now, he's playing okay. I'm not going to lie. I don't hate his game. He scored a nice goal against Florida. But it seems like his problems might be mental or confidence issues or reactionary issues where he's got to, like, move the puck faster. But I, I like Shabbat a lot, but not for what we're paying him. And if he goes, I'm not going to, like, be sad. He is expendable, in my opinion. But then the rest of our decor, Eric, like, I can't stand Brandstrom. I know we still play him because we traded for, like, we we have to like give him some value because we lost stone for him and Hamannick. I could care less about him. Bernard Docker. I don't know. We need to see more. I guess he is tough, which I like. I don't know. Our D is where we have a lot of our problems. Giveaways in our zone. Chikrin, I think will go a hundred percent. He's playing good enough to like a team's going to pick him up. He's got really offensive, really good offensive talent. Uh, He's got a great shot. Good defense, like solid defensively. I wouldn't say great, but he's solid. Um, so like I'm saying half our D are good right now and half aren't. And a lot of our problems happen in our own zone where our D just cough away the puck or the Ford's not there to receive the pass or this is where we break. This is where the sends break down. In my opinion, in our own zone, we can't get the puck out, but yeah, those are my thoughts on all our defensemen right now. What about you, Eric? Yeah. So the thing is on paper, if you look at our decor, I think that's a good enough decor coupled with our Ford's to get into the playoffs. Like, a top four of Sanderson, Zub, Shabbat, Chikrin. Find me that many other teams that have those caliber defensemen in their top four. Yeah, there aren't many. True. I haven't really done the research right now to back it up, but that's, like, pretty pretty darn good, in my opinion. Sanderson took a step forward from his very good rookie year. Like, he didn't get an, a crazy amount of points, maybe in the 20s, like 27 or something. But the potential is there to be, like, a good... 50 at least 50 point guy if not more than that if everything clicks and yeah Shabbat definitely been on the downward trend for the last few years there he's kind of in that I would my comparison I've used for a while now is like he's kind of the John Klingberg to Jake Mm. Sanderson's Miro Heiskanen or like Heiskanen phased out uh, Klingberg out of Dallas Sanderson's mm. doing the same and he's they're both both those players are better than the other defensively as well like Heiskin is a two-way player whereas Klingberg's all offense Shabbat's all offense you know what I'm saying so I think it's yeah. only a matter yeah. of time before Shabbat is out the only thing is he's expensive not sure how many teams are in the market for acquiring a guy like that who's who might be getting a little older like he's gonna be tw- he's 27 I think so I don't know what that kind of trade looks like. Whereas you look at Chikrin, if we're talking about trading Chikrin, he's a year younger, makes like half the money that Shabbat makes for another year. So in my books, I wouldn't hate keeping Chikrin, but if we do trade him, it better be for a great return because that's a player that can be like a great number three, if not even number two D on another team that wants to go on a deep playoff push 
for two years because they'd have him for the next year. So I don't really know what contender. Like, please not Toronto. I would, I would hate that, honestly, if you <laughs> went to Toronto. Yeah. But a team like that, though, who wants to bolster up their back end that might be a little weaker, it could yeah. do a lot worse than Chikrin, too. Zub is Zub. He's always great, reliable defensively, and they kind of sneaky upside. But yeah, the, the bottom six, too, is horrendous. Like our third pair D, <laughs> whoever it is, Hamannick, JBD, Brandstrom, just god-awful in my book. I think Brandstrom yeah. is almost he's almost out, honestly. Like, people have been hating on him for a while. There's just never been a place for him in Ottawa, especially now that we have the four guys who can technically be offensive, even with Zub. His time's up. Yeah, uh, It is what it is. Like Not every player pans out, and... Um, he had he had a lot of chances to show what his potential can be at the NHL level, and um, I think he's uh, he's on the way out. So those are my thoughts on our defensemen. Which, like I said, good on paper. It's just our execution in our zone that's bad. Which Jacques Martin has been helping to clean up the last, like you said, fifteen ish games. We've gone much better in our zone because I can count on multiple hands on, on like Dexter Jebster hands <laughs> where we Chikrin Shabbat have been pinned in our zone. That pair when yeah. put together has been brutal in our zone. So yeah. definitely still a lot to work on. Sanderson and Zuber are the only ones I truly am comfortable with when they're on the ice. I know they'll get out of our zone. They'll make a simple play and um, I trust them the most. No doubt. But the real issue is what I think we're getting to now. I think is our biggest, <laughs> pro- well, uh, coupled with playing our defensive zone, like def- goaltending has just been whew, like atrocious this year. I s- anyways, y- y- your thoughts first, Matt. Yeah, first, first I wanted to just say like we talked about on paper our forwards are amazing or good. On paper, our defensive, our top four defensive core are great. So, like the issue, uh, one of the main issues with Ottawa has been implementing a system and coaching, like. You take Shabbat and Chikrin and put them on another team, they're probably going to excel way more, like on the Rangers or like a team with more of a system. And like, I feel like if you took all of our players and put them under a different system for three, four years, we could be the Philadelphia Flyers right now or, you know, a team in seven and eighth spot. Like, why are the Islanders better than us right now? Okay, they have Sorokin. That's that's fair. But like, we on paper, we have way more talent than them, I believe. Oh, yeah. But uh, and is our goaltending bad because our defensive play and our system is bad, or is it vice versa? What comes first? The word for our goaltending this year has been inconsistent because uh, Corpus Allo's had his great games where he, like he almost robs the game and we win because of him. Same with Forsberg, but then like the next game they can be the total opposite and let in a weak goal like against the Blackhawks Bedard's wrist shot that was like a little dribbler through his legs that was brutal yeah that was terrible that loses you the game and we lost that game uh by one goal so inconsistent Corpus Allo didn't know anything about him then we signed him had high hopes you know he, he played pretty well where he was and he's played okay this year but again which Corpusalo are we getting every night? I never know. I never know. Same with Forsberg. I don't mind Forsberg, but to be honest, like I'm not like people that want him to play more than Corpusalo. I don't agree with that actually. Like I think Forsberg could be just as just as inconsistent as Corpusalo. So does the future lie with our, our farm team? I'm not sure. But Corpusalo for me has been great some nights and shit some other nights, and that's. 
I mean, it makes it exciting every night. I never know what I'm going to see. And is our team going to have to win or is our goalie going to win us the game? I don't know. It's it's frustrating. Eric, I know you had high hopes for Corpusalo. Do you still like him? I'm not sure. I know you kind of defend him more, like, especially in our fantasy chat. Like, you're one of his supporters. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you're about to hear a change of tune from me here. So, Corpusalo, just looking up quickly, he's played 37 games for us this year. And last I heard... 15 times this year he's given up four more goals which is not great you're not going to win many games if any if you're having to score five or more on a consistent basis and I don't think he's been great this year I think this is statistically anyways and just looking at the goals he lets in he's been bad more often than not he'll have the maybe the one good game where like he'll put up I don't know what how many saves he'd get like let's say 37 saves you know the next game He's letting in three on eight kind of thing and getting yanked. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing with Forsberg. If Forsberg has an incredible game, like standing on his head, 40 plus saves, pencil him in for the loss the next game. Like I I know that's (laughs) happening. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just how she goes. So I don't think the future really lies in any of either of these guys. I'm not completely out on Corpusalo. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a Corpusalo apologist. If next year he's playing the same way that he is this year, then I'll really be out on him. I'll give him next year to prove himself again, bounce back. But I think down the line, you pray that one of our guys in uh, Mad Sogard or Levi Mirlainen, one of those two guys, ideally both, honestly, can pan out and be our goalies of the future. Just you look at the guys who have come and gone through Ottawa, right? Our prospects that have gone on to yeah. other teams and have blossomed into a good number one starting goalies anyways, reliable. Like, there's nothing you can really do about it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and complain about, like, Gustafsson and Dakar, for example. Like, it is what it is. Dakar calamity of uh, the expansion draft. Like, we were not going to protect him. That's just, it's a prospect who got scooped. And Gustafsson, yeah. at the time, I like Gustafsson, but I'm like, all right, Cam Talbot. He's a proven goalie, all-star. Let's go. Like, we're all in now. It didn't work out. Like, it, it happens. Like, the Debrinka trade just didn't work out. You can't be yeah. stuck on the in the past all the time. So, yeah, all that to say, Forsberg, not the future. Corpusalo, I don't think so either, but he could still be serviceable for a few years, maybe. You said something great there. Uh, Corpusalo is notorious for, like, the three goals on 12 shots or three goals on 10 shots, like, after a good performance. That's so true. And I've noticed that kills are, like, when we're up one or two nothing and we, we he can't, like, hold the fort down. So thanks for bringing that up because it's, it's been apparent every week, always letting in low. Like, he's a fantasy, like, he's a killer. Like, he'll kill your fantasy points that night. He's terrible to have on your fantasy team because he doesn't make a lot of saves half the time. Like you said, he's given up a lot of four-goal games or more. So, good point. Um, yeah, I don't hate the guy either. Like I, my dad's always trashing him like 24 seven. I know a lot of people that I work with that have no faith in Corpus Allo. I, I don't know. It's, it's for first year with the team. He signed for uh, some more. So like maybe he plays better next year. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's just fresh. It's frustrating to see like, it's like, I feel like we've already said this, but we have like all the correct ingredients to make a perfect hamburger but like the hamburger doesn't taste good for some reason like the the way we cook it our barbecue is broken our barbecue being our our defensive system 
is broken, which means it doesn't matter if the ingredients are delicious, the burger is going to taste like shit. We're going to play like garbage. Um, and we're not going to win every game. Nobody does. But, like, man, put up a better effort. It seems like we're playing better against the better teams and have trouble against the Anaheims and Chicago. Chicago has beaten us 11 games in a row. I don't know what's up with that. We've also beaten Montreal seven in a row or eight in a row. So that, that's a weird little thing right there. But, uh, yeah, I don't Toronto's know. We have Toronto's number, thankfully. We beat them three out of four this year. But, no, mm. you don't know what you're going to get with Ottawa, right? You said it earlier. It's like you, you those games you just mentioned there. Like, we could beat Tampa and Florida and lose Anaheim and Chicago. Um, any given night, like we got Dallas tonight, I have no idea how it's going to go. We're either going to play lights out yeah. or they're going <laughs> to – smoke us you know we no idea yeah. so in, in a sense <laughs> yeah. it could be entertaining and like oh uh, which one are we gonna get tonight but overall i'd prefer like just a consistent good team good effort every night and before we move on from the sands i feel like we have not talked about this guy yet claude Giroux, in my books mvp mm. of the season for us been our best player start to finish in terms of no one sees the ice like this guy he's 36 i think he's 36 mm. Still like making yeah. plays out there, leading. You see the passion from him too, like yelling at guys and like directing traffic out there, showing them how how to be successful in the league. And uh, it's just crazy what he's done since he's come over. I think he's been a point of game player in his time in Ottawa. Leading, our, he might yeah. not be leading our team anymore. It might be Sutsla, but anyways, he's been fantastic. I really hope that next year, it's our last year that we have him under contract, we can do some damage with him. And if not, I hope he extends with us for a few years and we can experience some success with him in the active roster. That's my last uh, thought on um, that. And I just want to echo everything you said and add and add that when I was at the games in person. I noticed Giroud even more. Like I could see him like yelling and like, like you said, the leader, uh, his leadership capabilities and directing the play. And he's very vocal on the ice, basically. And I noticed that when I was sitting uh, not too far away from the ice and could see all that stuff. And then I noticed, oh, his play is like completely. He has the vision, and he's a great leader. And he's freaking seventy seventh all time in points in the NHL. Like he's a fucking legend. You know, he's great from Orleans too. So. I love Claude Giroux as well. Great leader. Um, so I think we're good to hop off of the Sens there just to get to a couple of other like league-wide topics, just like on the season in general. Like a question I would have for you, Mai, like just based on how the season's transpired so far, like what would be your biggest surprise of the season so far? Or if you got a couple, just let them rip. We can talk about them. I mean, my biggest surprises would be like, the Vancouver's and Winnipeg, like Vancouver and Winnipeg doing as well as they are doing. Cause I, I didn't see that coming. I don't follow the Western conference that closely and don't know like their emerging stars. Oh yeah. They're going to be really good this year and watch out for them. Um, those teams doing well, the dominance of the New York Rangers who are sneakily, I think on a five or six game winning streak right now, top of the metropolitan division, which might, which might be a little weaker, but like Rangers are, sneaky good and like you look at their top six and you're like holy shit like why is a guy like vincent trocek doing so good then you realize he's playing with panarin panarin's unreal right now um rangers are fun to watch i don't know i like seeing every year like who are the new like top point getters and like this year i'm noticing the petter elias petterson's and jt millers and quinn Hughes. like vancouver's fun to watch too now right 
and I don't know. It's fun to watch. I guess Kucherov, he's not a secret. There's no secret anymore. Like he's, but I I find Kucherov gets no love from the media because he's Russian. Like if this if if a Canadian had that many points right now, he'd be they'd be like if this was uh, McKinnon or McDavid right now, like there'd be a lot more talk that he's number one. And Kutrov gets no talk, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. Uh, his honestly. highlight, it's, yeah. It's true. Ahead. He's kind of, not enough disrespected is the word, and I don't even, I don't think you can really say he's underrated, but he, in a sense, he almost is. He has had so right. many good seasons in the league. He won the Art Ross a, like years ago now. They're 127 points. And, um, but he's always been like a over point a game, like a couple of hundred point seasons. He's just so good. He's another guy like Giroud just makes it look effortless. Like he's not even trying. Maybe that's another factor yes. too. He's just like so lackadaisical. But if you watch this guy play, <laughs> the plays he's making and even his shot is nasty. Like this guy is a triple threat on the ice, but he, again, that's what I'll fall back to. doesn't look like he's trying, but the guy, he cares and, um, like for Tampa to win those cups, he had to kind of change how he plays and get more into the game where he used to just be yeah. like a perimeter player and move the puck around, not really be actively engaged. Like he had to grow in the You're seeing it now. Like it's crazy how he's just like, you see a Tampa game, like they lose 5 3, Kucherov goal, two assists. Like he's just always in the mix. It's, <laughs> it's true. So that's something I want to touch yeah. on later too, like the scoring race there. But so for surprises, I had Vancouver. Like that'd be my biggest one. Never would have thought they. I think they're in first right now in the league. Never would have thought that. I thought when they start off the year hot, I'm like they're gonna crash and burn at some point. Um, last year though, and this is why I say that, Pedersen, JT Miller, and Quinn Hughes all had amazing years last year. Like they all kind mm. of broke out to in a sense. I'm like, all right, they're not gonna replicate what they did last year. They're all on pace to eclipse what they did last year. So again, wrong, <laughs> wrong once again. But I don't know. I still don't see them as a threat to, for some reason. The playoffs, like when we talk about cup okay. picks and stuff, like I don't know why I just continued to dismiss Vancouver. Might look like a fool in a few months, but that's going to happen regardless <laughs> of if I'm right or wrong here. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, Vancouver, biggest surprise. Other one, just to add another one, would be Philly, honestly. They're another team mm-hmm. that I don't see at the end of the day hanging on to a playoff spot because they're not a playoff team in my opinion, but they, they're they still there. They're still hanging around. So it's the torch system, like you said. He's getting them to buy in and just go balls to the wall and um, no quit. They have a couple of good players, but I don't. I think that's one of the weaker teams in a playoff spot right now, if not the weakest. So yeah. It's it's definitely interesting. You never know what you're gonna get this year. Like, who had Sam Reinhart scoring at an Austin Matthews like pace this year, right? Right. So it's crazy. Like you said, with the point producers, you never know who's gonna be in the mix, really. And that's always who we're trying to seek when we're drafting, right, for our fantasy team. And like, Sam Reinhart got drafted so late in the game, and now he's like got scooped up by my dad for a high like a draft pick like it's it's just unreal you never know where's tage thompson this year where's jason robertson in the in the point race so the point race i i just art ross right now mcdavid's gonna catch up to everyone is what i firmly believe i think so he's right Uh, edmonton edmonton's second uh, like their second half has been unreal right now like their, their last 30 games have been unreal like they're right up there I think they're going to do go deep in the playoffs, but I, I truly believe McDavid's going to catch up to Kucherov. 
or McKinnon will catch up to him and then McDavid will catch up to McKinnon. Yeah, I truly believe that. Um, still a great team, Edmonton. Evan Bouchard, that guy's a freaking fantasy monster right now. Lots of points for him and Skinner's playing decent. I don't know, Edmonton's a tough team to play against. And it was tough for McDavid at the beginning of the year. You know, he wasn't had had the start he was getting every other season. He had, he wasn't up there in the point list. So who do you think is going to win the Art Ross, Eric? Yeah, so I I hope McKinnon wins it, to be honest. I would like to see him get his first Art Ross, and eventually if that, I'll go to Hart after there. But, yeah, I want him to win the race. Like, McDavid's he's won it a lot already. Kucherov's won it. Yeah. I am a big McKinnon fan as well. I think he, he's been having a monster year. Who He was getting a lot of praise for months, for a while in this season. Now the talk has kind of shifted over to Matthews because of the goal scoring. And, hey, deserved for sure but I, I would like to yeah. see McKinnon get back on a roll again I mean what Kucherov's doing is crazy and I'm just looking at points too Pasternak has 82 points as well like he's very quietly crushing it already yeah. point a game if he if he doesn't play the rest of the year which obviously I'm not hoping for that but yeah it's tough to bet against McDavid though like six assists one night he's always in the scoring mix eh. Yeah. Like I said, I'm cheering for McKinnon, but I wouldn't bet against McDavid at the same time. So it's tough to say, but it's going to be a fun race to follow. That's for sure. It's going to be close. Yeah, I like that. Definitely. There's no like uh, runaway. And Boston's always sneakily, like quietly doing amazing again. And Pasternak doesn't get as much media attention as the other guys, but he's just as good as all of them. And oh, yeah. he plays in the Boston system. You know, he's not... Uh, uh, exactly quietly good Boston like it must be great living in Boston having all these amazing sports teams um that's another team that could win the cup any year like you never know Boston they're freaking they know how to win um Hart you talked about Matthews okay let's talk about Austin Matthews just a little all the Leafs fans I work with they're like he's unreal right now but like they think he's like the second coming like maybe on par with McDavid in terms of like how important he is to his team. Now is Austin the recipient of like, he has other amazing players playing with him, right? Feeding him the puck like Marner. The guys are like the best goal scorer right now though in the league, like his shots unreal. It is. I don't think scoring that many goals merits the heart necessarily though. I think like someone that more, if you take away from the team, would the team be the same? So like, McKinnon, I think, like a McKinnon would deserve it more, in my opinion. Maybe even Kucherov, but Kut- but Tampa's not doing as well, so I don't know if they're going to be considering Kucherov. But McKinnon, for me, for me over Matthews for Hart Trophy. What do you think? Yeah, I like McKinnon for the Hart as well, honestly. And where it's going to get interesting with Matthews is if he ends up, like in my mind, it's a lock. He's going to get 70 goals. Like He's already at 51. There's a ton of games left for him. He's going to do it, I think. But 60 in my books, not enough to be like, give him the heart. Pasternak scored 60 last year. McDavid got 60. Well, McDavid won the heart, but in my books, that's not enough. Yeah, that's 70 is crazy. Right. Like, you can't really take away from it in this day and age. Like, got to just respect it, unfortunately. But otherwise, yeah. I would not give him the heart. I like McKinnon more for what he does for his whole team. And yeah, Colorado's a great team as well, for sure. But McKinnon is a true like lead-by-example guy. He fires the guys up, demands excellence. I think Matthews is just great at what he does and um, is mm-hmm. the recipient of, like, he's in good good spots. Like, you're not going to take away from his goal scoring, obviously, but 
he's not the guy. Like, and he won the heart already there, but in my books, Toronto's a well-oiled machine that guys will just get their points. Like, yeah. Nylander has just as many points as Matthews, close enough. So, yeah, right, it's a stock yeah. team still. Um, yeah, I would go McKinnon first, and then probably McDavid is it would be there too, just because like without yeah. without him, Edmonton is. Uh, just not not a, that team, right? Like Dry is unbelievable, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Bouchard, but I like Bouchard. I look at it as like he's just a point guy. Like he's a gets a lot of points as a defenseman. Not one of the best D's in the league, though. He's still very young, but there's a lot of guys I would take above Bouchard in terms of like a D man to build a team around. Fox right. over him for sure. Like Quinn Hughes and Makar, obviously. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's a different conversation, but um, McDavid would merit some conversation and pasta as well honestly in the mix boston who would have had boston in the hunt still in the playoffs he's a big part of why they are still (laughs) relevant so you gotta look at him as well if matthew scores 75 though does he win the heart do you give him the heart eric he very well might honestly because that is that is just very impressive and yeah um, we we get guys let's say mckinnon ends up with like 126 points matthews has 75 goals 40 assists, like 100, what is that, 105 points? Yeah. No, 115. 115, yeah. Yeah, you'd probably lean, That's, yeah, you'd lean it, towards it, that, honestly. So, okay. Yeah, if you're almost a goal a game, you deserve to be the MVP yeah, of the league. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It pains me to that, say. I, I, I can't disagree with that. Can't disagree. Just before we get off this, too, there's a few people who voted for like the who they think is going to win the um, Art Ross, so scoring. Two votes for Kucherov, two votes for McKinnon, seven votes for McDavid, and then two for others. So I'll just read what those were. The first one was from the homie Ron Antoine. He said, not Morgan Riley, LOL. So... And okay. then former that'd be like for anyways. Yeah. Former guest Curtis Daigle, he said Rook Shatzi. So we'll see. You would have to go on an absolute tear for that to happen. Um you know uh, those are both joke answers, but exactly. appreciated anyways. Thank you for the laughs. Exactly. Good great laughs. Um <laughs> so now for cup picks, like just to keep it going there. I know we gotta wrap soon-ish. So Cup picks. Who do you have? Like, who do you see going far? You have a couple of teams you kind of like this year, Matt, um, and why? I honestly, I love. I think Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Still very strong contender. Oh yeah, I think Vegas is going to be up there. I think I <laughs> sounds crazy, but I think Florida too. Right now, what they're doing is unreal. Like, if you look at their stats in the last twenty games, they're like in the top in all the categories for team stats. I think it very well could be Florida Vegas. I'm calling it right now, folks. Rematch. Okay. Calling it right now. Yeah. Florida's call. team scares me like how good they are. They're they're very good right now. And Vegas, I don't know. They they have this mis- Vegas has this something like a mojo about them in the playoffs ever since they came in the league and you never count them out. I'd love to see Florida Edmonton or like Winnipeg uh, Florida, like a Canadian team against Florida, but I think Vegas is going to be there at the end. I don't think Colorado's got the goaltending, or I don't know. I, I Vegas, Florida, that's my prediction right okay. there. What about you, Eric? I like that. It's a good call. I, honestly, I don't think 
either of those teams is going to make it again to the final. I think it's so hard. I love Florida's team, to be honest, like weapons everywhere. But I feel like so hard and maybe even for Florida peaking at the wrong time situation. Uh, Vegas, what, what annoys me with them is that now they just got Stone, who's going to be thrown on LTIR. Eichel is the, in the same situation, LTIR. So they have a bunch of cap now, like $17 million, that they can just add a few pieces. Playoffs roll around, slide right back into the lineup, uh, go on a run again. Absolutely hate that, honestly. I, the last team I want to see win, other than Toronto, is Vegas right now. So I really hope that's not the case. If it is, I'd love to see Florida win, though, for sure. Like I, I like a lot of their players. Having Matt Kachuk on fantasy it makes me... Uh, lean towards cheering for him um so but the big thing though with that and what you're talking about with vegas for the pacific division that first seed is going to be crucial because you do not want to play vegas and i think the team that's going to need the one seed the most is vancouver i think vancouver does not get out of the first round if they make it in the second spot because they'll play either edmonton Mm -hmm. or vegas i think both those teams can beat vancouver maybe that's hot take I like Edmonton to I like Edmonton to go far. Like I bet on them to win the cup. As soon as Vegas won, I locked that bet in. Like McDavid's getting his cup now. He saw his boy Eichel win. Like he he's getting it now. Mm. So and okay. I also think with Edmonton that they started off so bad. They went on a crazy run of like whatever it was, 16, 17 wins in a row. And like you said, McDavid is not having that same statistically dominant season where he's saving it for when it matters. And that's going to segue over to Toronto. I think they're Matthews just blowing his load too early here with the goals here. (laughs) He's getting them all out of the way at the wrong time. Score 90. If you want this year, you ain't scoring 10 in the playoffs, man. Like that's what I think at a certain point, everything's clicking for this guy. And a lot of that team, it's going to run out at some point. So, Shocker, I don't have Toronto. But anyways, like I said, Edmonton I like. But my true pick, honestly, out of the West, I like Dallas a lot. I feel like I've said that for the last two years. But I love the makeup of their team. Forwards, they have vets and young stars. Like You look at, obviously, Robertson and Rupe Hints are more established. But like Wyatt Johnson, up-and-coming, good young player. They got a few other guys like Logan Stankoven. I think if he can be like a player in the NHL, it's another depth piece. Thomas Harley on defense who's like another guy who can compliment if Heiskanen's not going. This guy almost has 20 goals this year. He's a good offensive D. And then Ottinger and Nets, he's a true number one goalie. And like him at all positions. So Dallas is the other team I'd pick out of the West. And then East. East is where I struggle to make a pick, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I know I bashed Florida earlier, but I actually do like Florida a lot. So let's, uh, I'll go, I'll loop back on what I just said there. Let's go Florida <laughs> over, over the other teams. Cause Carolina, I don't really see them anymore. I don't even know if they're in a playoff spot right now. So yeah. Yeah. But Dallas or Edmonton um, are Dallas, true picks. Dallas sneaky good too. Dallas is sneaky good. They're like the Rangers a little, like they're quietly like maybe in first place in the conference, in the uh, division. So they are, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are right. Yeah. So good picks, Eric. So the picks we got from people, we got a lot of picks here. So the first one is from the homie Nick Seguin. He said the Oilers, so a pick, a team that I'm also pulling for. And that's a team I would cheer for, honestly, out of all those teams there that are in, I'd go Oilers. Former guest Justin Mocktinger, he said Dallas as well. 
Um, Zach, my bro, he said Vegas as well. So siding with you on that one, Matt. <laughs> uh, my cousin Dan, he said Dallas too. Uh, Ron Antoine, back at it again. Nepean White, U9. And the MVP will be Jackson Antoine. So I'm assuming a okay, grandson grandson's in team. this situation. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So my fiance Andy said New York Rangers. That's her team that she's okay. liked for a bit. And uh, I like, honestly, Rangers are great. Like if, if Shesterkin is going, that's like a MVP caliber player who can win steel games and then series as well. So I, I like the yep. Rangers. And like you said earlier, Trocek, um, Panarin, Kreider, who else? Like Zabanajad. They have a lot of weapons. Like if Lafreniere can get going to Kako. So if you can yeah. see that. Uh, so thank you, Andy. And then your mom, was the last one she said Vancouver as her pick oh I had no idea she followed hockey I'm impressed that she even knows Vancouver's in the playoff spot so <laughs> awesome maybe that's my dad's pick though because she may have asked him like who do I say could be so. yeah. he is a Thatcher I mean, Demko De- guy so I'm just gonna say it's because of Demko yeah. yeah, it's a great goalie. Like Vancouver, like I said, I bashed them earlier, but they have all the tools. Like they have the number one goalie, number one D, number one center, and then complementary pieces right. too. So maybe I'm just yeah. being harsh on them, and um, they're the team. We'll see. Yeah, no playoff experience though, right? Like that's the problem. Like the, the Vegas and the Floridas, they know what it takes to get to the Cup Finals. So I don't know. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it's tough to make it back-to-back to the finals, the only thing. Oh, super tough. I mean, Tampa did it, but, like, they had the we had they had the short season. That helps. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough grind. It's a physical grind. Like, look at the teams with the tough fourth and third lines. They're the ones that are going to make it far, right? Yeah. We always say that. Why is Toronto not making it every year far? Because of that, right? Yeah. Top two lines are heavy. Top bottom two lines are non-existent well, Ryan Reeves should help in that regard to really Ugh. submit them as a, a team not to be trifled with like if anything physical oh happens like God. that's the guy you look to as like he's gonna the game is gonna police itself through Ryan Reeves we're gonna clip that Ugh. but um no Ryan Reeves sit and say Ryan that's what I call him because that's all he does is that he just talks he doesn't actually do anything 100 percent yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i think we're seeing another year where maybe not first round but leafs they don't have it just to make that abundantly clear it ain't their year they're gonna do a second round exit again is my prediction yeah i could easily maybe a that. game seven second round exit this time yeah. though i don't know the thing is though our division is so good that it's a tough matchup whoever unless you finish in first True. i feel like First place True. that kind of helps out, but even at that, Tampa is in a wild card spot right now because of like Florida, Boston being the other teams that are Not, in there. So, right. The best case scenario for the Leafs is if they finish in first in the division in the conference, and then Detroit somehow squeaks in mm. in the second wild card spot, and they play them. Then they'll they'll whoop Detroit. I don't know how Detroit has has maintained relevancy all year. I thought we'd be farther <laughs> along than them coming into right. this year for sure i had buffalo and us ahead of detroit but it's proven to be yeah the former 
Yeah, like, we're supposed to be, like, Detroit or New Jersey right now. Like, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. But, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Is is our culture, is the Sens culture right now, like, all fun and games and not serious enough? Like, I like when I see Jacques Martin short-shifting Josh Norris and doing things like that. Like, I like that. Install a system and install discipline and instill fear. Not fear, but instill, like, a sense of... Uh, integrity and accountability for the players which dj did not no he was buddy with them like playing cards on the pj with them right five figure hand (laughs) buy-ins just it wasn't good for anybody really right creating degenerates out of them rather than molding them into effective (laughs) young men on the ice so anyways yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of all I got for hockey like thoughts at this point. Like I'm always um, excited for playoffs to roll around, especially when Ottawa's not in. I still get even when they're not in, I still get very into it. So I'm sure we'll have a very exciting run, and more players will emerge, become household names, and uh, stars are born. And when Wyatt Johnson mm-hmm. scores the game winner in the Cup final, everyone will remember the name. But. Well, I'll remember for sure. <laughs> uh, we should definitely do an update. That's all I have, too. We should definitely do an update, though, maybe halfway through the playoffs or right before the Stanley Cup yep. final or something. I'd love to, like, touch back on the whole season. Yeah. No, I, and, like, sure. the, yeah. Yeah. And talk about fantasy, maybe, too, because we'll know who won our fantasy league. So It's a tight race. I don't it's know. a race at the top, for it is. sure. Like, unf- yeah. You and I, like, our, our odds are very slim. I don't even think they're... There, it's a possibility that we win, but I'm still like making my lineup and trying to make moves. And you know, I'm not a quitter. Last thing I am is someone who's just going to openly tank and try to get the best draft pick as possible because um, it doesn't guarantee you anything where you draft in real life in the NHL and in fantasy. You're not guaranteed to get a better player. First of all, I like to apologize on behalf of many people in the fantasy league, probably myself included, who made fun of your pick, Matt. Fifth or sixth overall, Carter Verhage proved to be an oh. incredible <laughs> pick in the first round. Like, I don't think anyone in their right mind can make can say a bad thing about that pick anymore. If so, they're just unwilling or unable to admit that they're wrong. I don't know. That ain't well, me. Th- thank you for that. Thank you for that, Eric. Yeah, he's like ranked 24th or 23rd now. So. Exactly. No, I mean, it was a risk, and yes, I was like, okay, they're hating on him. But I just, I picked him because he's on Florida, really, and I'm like, Florida's going to do really well. And because Florida's been doing way better now, he's been doing way better. Just player. like Reinhardt and all of them. He's very, so. very underrated, and I, now he's definitely like emerged on the scene. Like Everyone knows him, but for the last few years, he's been a solid like 60, 70-point guy. Yeah. Maybe even 80, I don't know, but he's been really, really good for a while, so... Yeah. yeah, great, great call. Yeah, it was a bit of luck. I, I gambled, right? There, I, I, I don't want to say I was so smart that I knew he was going to be like that. No, no, that was a total risk. Maybe a fool. Like, it was foolish at the time. I should have went with a sure pick, but whatever. It worked out. He's my new, he'll, he'll be one of my keepers. So. There we go. There's a yeah. lot of luck, I yeah. feel like, in general in fantasy. You looked at other certain teams in the league, for example. Like I looked at Zach's team, thinking like this is a very good team. Looked at Andy's team, thought the same thing. And then, and this is really not to be mean, but compared to, for example, your dad's team, who's in first place, would never have thought that that team would be in first place. Like just hand mm-hmm. up. I mean, a lot of those players are, like just going off. It's you never like Blake Coleman having career year. Like yeah. it's you. You yeah. really never know where it's gonna go and. Uh, 
you capitalize on guys who are just crushing at the right time, and now he's made like a bunch Krochak. of trades. He's bolstered his yeah. team. Like he's got a solid yeah. chance. So it's uh, gonna be a fun yeah. uh, race to the end. No, no, you have to have that to win the fan. You have to have the right place, right time players. So, um, do you have anything? I know we got a wrap soon there, but do you have any recommendations you want to give out to the people? Oh, let's see. You can go first. I'm gonna look at my list, okay. my letterbox. Um, uh, movie wise, I've been slowing down a bit right now i have apple tv so i've been watching a lot of stuff on there if anyone has apple tv would definitely recommend the show shrinking with jason siegel and mm. harrison ford very very good like funny show very over the top like they're they both play therapists they like get involved in their client their patients lives and stuff and try different techniques to uh offer guidance and help uh, jason siegel like very unexpected, fantastic performance from him. The whole cast is dynamite, honestly. Like every every supporting character is a key contributor to the story. They're like all overly involved in each other's lives. And like like I said, the plots are a bit over the top there, but I was all in the whole time. Nice little 30-minute comedy. Definitely recommend. And obviously has a lot of dramatic moments too. So shrinking on Apple TV would recommend. Nice. I've heard of it. I've heard good things. Um, I need to up my Apple TV game. Yeah, there's a uh, lot of good stuff. I'll recommend one. Yeah, I'll recommend one movie. I've, I've watched a lot recently, actually, and maybe I'll discuss more than on another episode. But the one I'm going to talk about now is a rom com, which is actually really good. I recommend it to anybody. Perfect for like a date night, or like perfect for you and Andy to watch, Eric. Uh, Anyone but you with Sydney mm, Sweeney nice. and that Glenn Powell. Let's go. Really funny movie. Not expecting to laugh as much as I did, to be honest. The dialogue was sharp. Yes, it's a comedy, so, like, you know where it goes at the end. You know, it's predictable. But, like, it was really good. Uh, Glenn, the two leads were great. And the setting, uh, it takes place during a wedding. Like, it had ever oh, the situational comedy stuff was beautiful. And it was, like, there's some raunchy stuff, too, but not over the top. You know, it's not uh, not too, too crazy. But it's just a fun time. I didn't expect to like this movie that much, to be honest. I watched it because uh, Dallas liked it, uh, who was on our, our two episodes ago, top ten movies, right. or three episodes ago. Yeah, anyways, he liked it, so I watched it. It was re It's really good. Uh, you don't have to rush out to the theater to see it, but like, watch it when it comes out, Eric. I think you'll like it. That's anyone but you. Okay, nice. Good stuff. I mean, love a good rom-com. I feel like we all need those kind of movies. Like, even though you can kind of see sometimes where they're going, they probably have like a bit of unique and originality to the way they tell the story. And um, even if it's some things you've seen before, like, you still just eat it up. So no, that's that's great. Yeah. I thought you were gonna recommend American Fiction. Honestly, that was mm. my guess for what you were gonna say. But I, perhaps another. I want to talk about that one more in depth. Okay. Maybe on another episode because that one was amazing. I want to yeah. watch it. Honestly, it's on my list for sure. Okay. Yeah, movies. Like I said, I don't really think I have any to recommend. Like I'm just I'm just waiting for the first movie of 2024 that's gonna be good. Like I've only seen bad movies drop so far. So right. I mean, just maybe preview for next episode. Like I would want to talk about Dune too. Like that could be our next episode too. So yeah, I'm gonna rewatch sure. Dune. Hopefully before going to see Dune too. Very excited to see that. And I think based on what I've heard could be solid so i'm hoping it is actually like a very good first century of 2024 for me and uh, then yeah looking forward to talking about that as well other show i could say if you have crave check out late bloomer it's a new show mm. by um canadian so i just want to get his name there and give 
props here. Um, it's a can, yeah, like I said, Canadian show created by Jasmeet Raina, and uh, he plays a version of himself pretty much in the show. And he's a um, an Indian second generation Canadian, or I guess, I think first generation Canadian. His uh, parents immigrated to give him a better life, and basically he's like a podcaster. He's like kind of internet famous, but not like over the top. And he just makes music videos in his. Uh, basement his parents don't understand so it's kind of like a generational disconnect i found it very funny honestly and like a lot of relatable stuff in there too a a lot of over the top again but overall like some feel good stuff in there and uh, like they poke fun at like podcasters and uh there's a lot of Canadian lore, like references That's to like funny. Yeah. LCBO, CRA. Like there's some funny stuff in there okay. that I enjoyed. So short show, uh, eight episodes, 20 some minutes. Check it out. It's it's good ah, stuff. Per- that sounds like a perfect watch, actually. Easy to watch. And if I get the references, even better, right? Yeah. Like the Canadian stuff. Which I did see the a clip for it. Yeah. Good recommendation. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I'll recommend. I'll, rec- I'll talk about more stuff next episode. Okay. Uh, just press for time uh, tonight. Yeah, I mean, good for now. Two shows. Um, started lessons in chemistry on Apple TV with Brie or yeah, Brie Larson. Hopefully that's good. But yeah, Dune two. Go check it out before you listen to our next episode. So and watch Dune one as for well. sure. Great, great movie. Great times. Matt flew by. Honestly, talking about the NHL season. Uh, any final notes for the listeners? No, just thank you everybody for listening. Uh, everybody go see Dune Part 2 because pretty much lock that in for next episode. We're going to be discussing it. Uh, Eric, it has been it was a blast talking to you about hockey. It, it did go way too Like, we could have talked another hour. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you're having a good time right now. Well said, Matt. So, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to enjoy the winter and the warm weather that's around the corner. And, yeah, peace.